We had a great uh, weekend last week and we were out and uh, we took fall break. We've not really done that before. We don't have any kids in school, but Kim is at the school every day. So when school was out, we decided to head to Colorado for a couple of days. So last Sunday uh, in Colorado, I stood at the uh, living room window and uh, everywhere I go, I, I get an audience. And um, there they were. And uh, it was fabulous, just roaming up the street and through the yard, you know, and all this stuff. And then I did start talking and they ran uh, quickly, fairly ran away. <laughs> but we sure, that was a very special moment and uh, a visit from these uh, beautiful animals. Uh, and so it was, a, it was something that I certainly enjoyed. Also, today I want to talk about uh, having some hope. We've been talking about giving people hope. Today I wanna to talk about how it's important that we have hope, that we recognize that, and that we not lose sight of that. Terry Fakes did a wonderful uh, teaching this past Wednesday night. It's on our uh, website. You can go to crossings.church slash resources. That will take you to all the videos, all of our pastors, all the teaching, and, uh, but be sure to watch Terry's uh, session from this past Wednesday night. Uh, it has, uh, Terry's just wonderful. He's, I, I call him the expert in what's going on in the Middle East. And so I would encourage you to listen to that and it would put some things, I believe, in perspective for you. We are the healthiest, wealthiest, and longest lived people in history. And we are increasingly afraid. This is one of the great paradoxes of our time. We are all afraid of what we do not understand, cannot explain, and cannot control. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Today it's very important, I think, for us to get some perspective. There's a lot of fear right now, and I understand that. There's a lot of different thoughts and theories about what the trouble in Israel and in the Middle East, what it means or what the implications could be. But I think we need to get some things in perspective for that. In no way do I want to downplay or diminish the tragedy of what's happening today and has been now taking place for nearly two weeks in the Middle East. It's tragic, it's wrong on every front, but it is something that um, it happens in our world and I want to help you kind of get some perspective on that today. I'm seeing people getting fearful. There's some worry. Uh, I'm not sure we're at a level of anxiety at this point, but there's some troubling things going on in the world. There's some troubling things going on in our country. Now a lot of this, I think we'll see, has happened before We've been down some of these roads before. We survived, and I believe we'll survive this. I think we'll come through this uh, with God's help, and I believe that's the only way we'll get through this. This season of time on the planet, we need to have the right perspective, especially as those who believe that God loves us, that God is in this, that God sees everything. So let me talk for just a moment about some of the emotions I'm finding people experiencing. There's fear, there's worry, and there's anxiety. There are three words, three different words, but we need to know the difference. 
Fear is, a tr is an emotional response to a known or possible threat. This is normal. Fear can be healthy. There's something that is frightening and it's putting maybe a, a wake-up call or maybe a flashing light that is telling us danger. Stay away or go a different direction. But fear can be healthy, but fear is involuntary. In other words, we don't wake up on the morning and say, what can I be afraid of today? <laughs> Fear is not something we choose to do. It just kind of, it just comes to us. Something happens, something is going on, or, or maybe we have a, a health issue, and all of a sudden we are experiencing fear. Fear is not a sin unless you make it the center of your life and unless you assume that the only way you're gonna get through whatever you're going through is to be afraid. That is not the way to approach these things. It's an emotional response to a known or possible threat. Fear is healthy and fear is involuntary. It's interesting, there, there's one great story about fear in the New Testament is, is in Mark chapter four. And it's the story of when Jesus got into the boat with the disciples and they were going to cross over the lake to uh, the other shore and, uh, and they all get in this boat and then midway through, I guess, the ride, the boat ride from one side over to the other, there's a, a storm came up. And in Mark 4, it tells us that the wind was blowing like crazy. It was stirring up waves. It was a terrible storm. Water was coming in the boat. But Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. Now, there's part of me that I wish I was one of those that would have said, oh, Jesus is back in the boat. He's asleep. We're fine. But I would have been just like the other disciples saying, why don't you wake him up and tell him we're about to drown? Because that's what the other guys were saying. Tell him to get up, we're about to drown. Now, I don't know if I'd been that disrespectful in the way I, in the tone, but I think in fear, we're going to say, oh, we need to do something here, we're going to die. That was how the disciples felt. And so Jesus, knowing this is a wonderful teaching moment, He'll wake up and he says, why are you so afraid? You know? Now, I'm just smart enough to go, duh. You see, look at the waves. Feel that wind, huh? Water's coming in a boat. Jesus says, why are you afraid? Where's your faith? That's the golden question. Where is your faith? And when I read that text, I thought of it this week, I read through it this week, and I needed to hear that question. Where's your faith? Surely you know by now, everything this church is all about is a step of faith. It's a step of faith every day. This is not a business. This is, there's no real master plan other than the one the New Testament seems to give us on how we're to behave as followers of Jesus and what we're to do as we gather. And we support and we love each other, we encourage each other. Had someone stopped me yesterday that I don't even know, just came up to me and said, I've been a part of the care series for several years. Thank you so much for doing that. And I said, well, you're certainly welcome. It was a dream of mine many years ago, but we have some phenomenal people on Monday nights in our care series dealing with all kinds of things. I love to see that happening in our church. Thursday night, celebrate recovery. Wednesday night classes. All through the week, we're seeing things that we do help people who are following Jesus or wanting to follow Jesus or know more about him or know how to follow him. So in Jesus's case, he's in the boat. And I think the message I got away from the text this week, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what we're afraid of, if Jesus is in the boat, we're gonna be fine. 
we're going to be okay. And as a follower of Jesus, he is with you. He is with us. Fear, if we're not careful, can turn into full-blown worry. That's a choice. When we start worrying, we're choosing to worry. And I've, I mean, uh, you know, I think most of my family today would, will be uh, laughing so hard that I'm even talking about worry as if uh, I've conquered it. Because <laughs> I, I frankly, I love to worry. It's like a habit for, it's, it's like a, I don't know, something I just like to do. What can I worry about today? Now, that's not completely true, but it, it's, I've been there before. You know, when, when you truly have to step back and you know that God's up to something and I'm just going to kind of wait and see, listen for the nudge, I'm in the boat, Jesus is in the back of the boat, we're gonna be fine. He's got plans, I should know that by now, but he's always had plans for us and he still does. But we get into worry when we just simply, something has happened, something's troubling us, something maybe within our family, it can be with your kids, your grandkids, it can be in a friendship, it can be in a number of places. It may be fear that, that comes to you or worry that comes. If you are fearing not having enough money, if you fear losing your job, worry's a choice. Now, don't beat yourself up over it because we do tend to worry about things that are, in fact, very heavy or troublesome. We just have to know how to deal with the worry and where to take that worry. Worry tends to be very specific. You know, you, you can be afraid of all kinds of things, but when you're worrying, you're typically worrying about some situation. It often triggers problem solving. That's only thing a little worry can often help you with is to say, I better deal with this now rather than punting it into the future because it's just going to be there waiting for me the next time I wake up with this worry. So it tends to be specific. It often triggers problem solving though. And and if we don't deal with it, worry can lead to anxiety. And this is when it gets physical. Anxiety is an overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear, emotional, physical, and mental. It's not healthy. It does not trigger problem solving. Fears the future, but unable to do anything about it. That is anxiety. Anxiety is when the worry takes on a whole new level and you start to feel just this tightening in your chest almost. For me, when I, when I find myself heading towards some anxiety, when the schedule seems overwhelming and when I don't think I'm getting done what I need to get done, that's typically for me when I, it just, you just start feeling it. Boy, everything starts tightening up, you know, and this anxiety comes along. And I had to learn what to call it. I just, I had to name it. I, I now know the difference between being afraid or worrying or being anxious. And there, you gotta, it's very important. I think we must know the difference in those three. But when you get into anxiety, this is a moment when I would always advise calling a counselor. And I'm, I'm always very willing to let you know I've called counselors for decades. I could not be this good without all that counseling. <laughs> that was just, you know, who, why do I say that? Anxiety, typically, you need to talk some things through. You need to understand, why do I feel this tension? Why do I have an upset stomach or whatever it may bring? Whatever physical ailment can come because of anxiety. But it has to be dealt with. You can't live in anxiety and also walk by faith. 
You can't be on the boat in a troubled boat and the boat's rocking and you're thinking you're going to drown. You can't be, that's going to cause anxiety. But if Jesus is in the boat, we know it's going to be okay. We just forget to remind ourselves that those who follow Christ, he's with us. We're not in anything alone. This overwhelming sense of fear, it does drain us emotionally, physically, and mentally. Anxiety is not healthy, and it never triggers problem solving. The only thing it'll trigger is if we have the sense when we are in deep anxiety, particularly if it lingers over a period of time, we definitely get a sense that we need to do something, and it may be starting to visit our physician. It may be calling that counselor and to begin to deal with whatever it may be. And it always fears the future. This, isn't that a great statement? It fears the future, but unable to do anything about it. Something I read this week. Anxiety is when we are afraid of the future, but we're unable to do anything about it. I've had several moments through the journey of this church and, and, and just life in general where you, you, I kind of sit back and go, oh, it's kind of come to having faith. <laughs> it's come to that. It's time to have some faith. It's time to believe what I preach. It's time to practice what I tell you to do. It's time to remember Jesus is in the boat. It's time to get some help. Now, to put some things in perspective, and I felt this week I needed to talk this to you. I needed to help our church have some hope right now because there's, there's just an underlying sense that the things in the world are, are going to destroy us. And, and it, you know, the world one day will come to an end. But we've been through things before when everyone thought it was about to end, and it never ends. It will end when God ends it. All right? And, and Jesus made crystal clear no one knows. No one knows when he's going to return. We don't know. I just want to be ready when he does. I want you to be ready when he does. But let me just put some perspective in this for just a moment. Let's, first of all, the political, think of the political landscape of Jesus' day. Think, think of the situation when Jesus was born. You want to know what kind of world we had then? When Herod, King Herod, finds out there's a baby that's been born somewhere toward Bethlehem, and they're calling him God's son. They're saying that angels came, and that the, 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 his mother is a virgin, and yet delivered a child. He's, he's supposed to rule over things. So what's King Herod do? King Herod sends a delegation, go find the child, so I might go visit him. They knew he wasn't going to go visit Jesus. They knew what he's planning to do, so they were told, thankfully, in a dream that God spoke to them and told those wise men, you keep going. You, the people that Herod sent said, no, we're not going back. We're going to keep on going and not return the way we came because we don't want Herod to know where this baby is. So you know what he did? It's in Matthew chapter two, verse 16. He had every boy, two years of age and under, killed. That's what they were dealing with in their day, in their world, that a king could do that and would do that. Let me fast forward to times that some of you will remember. World War I, it went from 1914 to 1921. In other words, it lasted six years. The world has always been a troubled place. 
It always has, it always will be. In the 1950s, some of you began practicing duck and cover air raid drills in schools. Some of you remember that. I guess I'm telling you some of this to say this is not the worst of times. It's troubled times. And God has not changed. We don't need to change. And if there's a need for this community and for our country to have hope, we better be delivering it as diligently as we can. We need to be hope givers. But I also know, I just was sensitive this week to some of the conversations I'd had and reading some things that I wanted to help you remember there is hope. I wanted to be sure you know that. And probably most of you do. But there is hope. The world is the world. It's been acting like this since the beginning. Right now in the USA, based on some data I looked at uh, from, this, from 21 and 22, uh, there are 32 wars currently happening on planet Earth, 32 of them. 32 places where people are dying because of war in their communities. And there's been more, and there probably are more places where there's war happening that maybe just hadn't made it on the list. At one time, I'd heard there were two, over 200 wars going on on planet Earth. We just hear about one or two of them. But the list is long. The places where there's war, where there's terrible things happening to the people. This is nothing new. So now you know the world really has never, we're not that different now than it always has been. It's just the world. I don't mean to act um, that it's not important or that somehow we're just no big deal. It is. But it's how we're going to respond. And what we're experiencing today is similar, in other words, to what other generations have experienced. And that, unfortunately, will probably continue into the future times long after we are all gone. There's always been conflict. And we're living in the reality of some, a phrase I use a lot. We live in the reality of a trial-filled temporary world. And I don't, that's, again, that's not to depress you. It's just to acknowledge the way it is. We live in a trial-filled temporary world. And as bad as it seems, it's not that different than moments like these in the past. So we have two choices, frankly, two. We can live in fear or we can live by faith. We can live in fear or we can live by faith. Beyond that, we can be a voice of hope. We can be known by love. This is what the world is hungry for. This is what they're waiting for, whether they realize it or not. Another great example, I'll just refer quickly to it, is in Jeremiah 29. You know, the children of Israel are taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. It's the exile, the great story of the exile. And so there, it's, uh, if I remember right correctly, they, it could have been up to two million people making this journey, a long journey, to get from the land they loved and had to leave to go to a place they don't want to be. So they turned to God, God help us get us out of this mess like I would have been praying. And here's the answer they got. Build homes and plan to stay. What? No, build homes, 
We're going to be here long enough to build a home? Oh, yeah. Build homes, plant gardens, eat the food your garden produces, marry, have children, find spouses for your children that you can have many grandchildren, multiply, do not dwindle away. And, and, and just to top it all off here, if that's not aggravating enough, he's going to tell us, God's going to say this, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I've sent you. You've got to be kidding. God, are you kidding me? I'm supposed to work for the peace and prosperity of this ugly dump you brought us to, forced us into. And God says, uh-huh. Oh, it gets better. He says, you pray to the Lord for the welfare of this place. And then two verses later, he drops the bomb. You will be here for 70 years. That is not the answer they wanted. Sometimes when life gets difficult for us, we don't want to wait seven minutes. 70 years, they would be in a place they didn't want to be. Many of them would pass away, would die while they're there. It's always been conflict. How do we handle this particular moment in time with all the unrest that we're seeing, certainly in Jerusalem and the Middle East, and then, of course, the others going on that we don't hear much about? We simply keep our focus on Jesus. We spend some time on our knees. I, I do think God is blessing crossings and enlarging our territory because he can trust us to do what he's asked us to do. And that's give with radical generosity, pray daily for peace and wisdom to know how to bring peace to troubled world, to troubled city, to troubled communities, to troubled neighborhoods, to troubled schools, to troubled prisons. We wanna be people that are gonna live by faith and be a voice of hope and be known by love. So I'm gonna take a few minutes left and I'm just gonna read verses. So I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put them up here and then I want, I want, I'll keep them here for a little bit so you can read them. I'll say them. You might want to even say a prayer. You can bow your head. You can just look at the screen and say, uh, talk out loud if you want, or you can just pray silently. So do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm the Lord your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for reminding us that we do not fear because you're with us. Help us remember this. Hebrews 13, five, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will forsake you. All the stuff we accumulate, all the things we have, good, better, in between, and it's called the economy of this world. Some have more than others. It's always been that way, always probably will be that way. We wanna keep our lives free from loving it. And one of the great things you can do with money is give it, no matter how much you have, and we can be content with what we have, but here's the promise. And I'll just turn it into prayer. Thank you, Father, for promising to never leave us or forsake us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I pray, Lord, 
Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Father, may I lean into your peace, the peace that passes all understanding, and be at peace because you are still God. You can be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And I pray, Father, thank you that no matter what we face in this boat, you're always in the boat with us. And we know we'll be okay. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. He will show you which path to take. So we pray, Father, open our eyes that we may know the path you would have us walk. Since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Let's not forget, there's a lot of trouble in the world, but we are part of a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God in the scriptures. Being in Christ, we're part of this kingdom and it cannot be destroyed. Please understand the kingdom of God cannot be destroyed. It will never go away. And we are thankful for that. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And we're thankful, Father, that we can be confident that you've got this. You see, you can worry about something or you can pray about something, but you cannot do both at the same time. I'm gonna pray and after I pray, the prayer teams will be available at the front of all the rooms. If you have something on your mind, it may have nothing to do with the message today, or maybe you've had a troubled week, a troubled thoughts about what's going on in the world. Maybe today's been a good way to remind you that God's got this doesn't mean it's going to be easy or get better. We don't know. But if we can pray for you for anything, difficulty in your life, maybe someone's been diagnosed with a disease that is frightening, and perhaps you just need some patience, or perhaps you just need some hope, let us pray for you. The prayer teams will be at the front of all the rooms after I pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege, the freedom we've had to gather and Father, we do pray for the trouble in this world. We pray for the innocent victims who did not start or ask or initiate the war and the wars that are happening all over the globe. Father, more than ever, may we be a voice of hope. May we demonstrate the peace that only comes from you. And Father, we thank you that we have you to turn to. We thank you that in our worst moments, you're in the boat with us. We thank you 
that we're never alone. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.